Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a Ball Blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. What is up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome into the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. I am just so happy to be on the on the the microphone tonight with these two hooligans, as always, joined by Okada and John. We are rolling through our dynasty rankings. At first, we started with the quarterbacks, then we went running backs. So if you missed those two shows, go back check them out. But tonight, we're talking wide receivers, and I don't know about you guys, but this is my favorite position to talk about in all of fantasy football. Okada, John, how are we doing on this? Uh, fine Friday evening, which makes I'm I'm in such a good mood. It's Friday, so how oh, you both doing? That's why we're so chipper. That's what um, it is, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here's my question that I had coming into this podcast, bets. We know sense. how stupid the three of us are. Sometimes, but I wonder if the listeners and viewers know. I feel like I can get pretty dumb on the pod sometimes, but just in general, we are so dumb. Like not uh, in a not in what? a fantasy not in a fantasy related <laughs> way where we know what we're talking about is fantasy, but we're just a bunch of idiots. You know what I'm saying? This is a very um, sure interesting. Pre-lip. Listen, both of you guys said something in the intro before we got on the mic about how dumb the three of us are. Uh, I believe I may have made fun of you for yes. being a YouTube sensation or and or nerd talking about your League of Legends draft that you have tonight. hey sleeper man don't go with telling john and i that we're, <laughs> we're nerds Listen, or whatever word you use it sleeper is, is the cutting edge you. of fantasy and they yeah. added it as a platform so i got to make a league <laughs> fair enough uh okada i am fully uh appreciative of your outfit on tonight's show we have mr okada mm. is that a henley that you're rocking it is a henley it's with a beanie by my girlfriend actually and a starbucks cup so okada, yes Literally, you're looking very right now. I'm from Seattle. You're looking very Portland, like Mm -hmm. very. Oh yeah, very Portland right now. Well, you know what? It rain. It poured rain all day yesterday in Southern California. It was the most rain we've ever had in I don't know how long. So the most rain we've ever had in I don't know how. I don't. I told you we were dumb, John. Okay. (laughs) It's gonna be a good show. I got a great intro to this show. Absolutely, and we have lost all listeners at this point. Uh, welcome in, listeners. We're super excited to have you with us uh, whenever you're listening. Today, tonight, tomorrow, whatever it is. But we are excited to talk Dynasty wide receivers. A lot of, I feel like, consent, like consistent rankings are easy to talk about with quarterbacks. You know the top five. It's like running backs are. You know the top five. But wide receivers, boys, we have a, a lot of uh, disagreements tonight on the show. So we'll talk about that. Reminder, you can find us on social media at Pod. You can also support the show at patreon.com slash ball blast. And we have a very exciting announcement coming up later on the show. So stay tuned. We'll see how many of you actually listen to the show all the way through. When we talk about one of these players tonight, uh, boy, should we just dive right into it? Yeah. 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 All righty. Number one in the top 12 consensus rankings for wide receivers. It is none other than Mr. Touchdown himself, Devonte Adams. What, what is there to say about the guy? I mean, Oof. literally like if you watch the playoff game, <laughs> <laughs> the red, red zone offense is like, all right, option one, Devontae Adams on the slant. Option two, Devontae Adams on the quick out. Option three, Devontae Adams with the jet sweep across the line of scrimmage. Hit him on the quick out again with from, from Aaron Rodgers. He's just the focal point of the offense. If he's going to catch touchdown passes, 
he's going to finish inside the top five at the position. The stability is there. I guess my only question for you guys is, do you believe any of this Aaron Rodgers nonsense crap in the media? And if you do, does that change your outlook on Devontae Adams? No, I don't. Um, I don't either. I think Rodgers is back next year. Um, I do have Mr. Devont Bay as my number two wide receiver. Um, and the only reason why is age and the quarterback situation. And while I do think that Rodgers is going to be back next year, Later. you know, there might only be another year or two, uh, you know, I think left potentially of the Aaron Rodgers era in Green Bay. So he's an elite option. Um, I think that he has probably the best option to finish as the overall wide receiver one in 2021 if Rodgers is back under center. Um, but from a longevity standpoint, it was enough for me to just move him down a touch. I mean, that's fair. I wouldn't fault anyone that has Tyreek over him. And we're going to talk about him right next in a second. Spoiler. You guys, oh, sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Do you guys see the Packers actually adding wide receivers via the draft and or free agency this year? Because last year we were damn near convinced it was like a lock to happen. And they said, no, no, no. Jordan Love, you're our guy. Uh, but and does that take away from anything that Devontae Adams did? Because literally, he was the only option outside of an occasional spike week from MVS or Alan Lazard randomly going for 100 and a touchdown, or Bobby T, Mr. Robert Tanyan Harding going for uh, a touchdown in the red zone. Uh, that's the only thing that I could say, maybe minor. I don't even say negative, it's not negative, just like one thing to consider with Devontae Adams. Um, here's the thing. Even if they do add something, and actually whether they add a receiver in the draft might depend on this next thing I'm going to say. Aaron Jones is an, uh, an unsure commodity. He had 248 touches last year. If he does leave, Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon are not Aaron Jones. I'm sorry. to any well, Jamal's Jones also a free agent, isn't he? Yes, but he doesn't have to sign for $10 million like Aaron Jones does. He can probably sign for $3 million or $4 million. Um, which means they're they million. <laughs> Jamal Williams. Okay, two million. There you go. <laughs> I was thinking like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. He's, He's like pretty productive. Jamal He's Williams. If you're listening, a good of you need to hire Okada as your agent. He values you very highly. Uh, the point is, if they bring Aaron Jones back, I don't think they focus too much in the draft on anything else. I think they focus on defense. If they don't bring Aaron Jones back, I think it means that the team is going to have to rely on Aaron Rodgers' arm moving forward in a way they maybe didn't so much this year. And if they're going to do that, it would be best to get another receiver so they don't have to throw 180 targets at Devontae Adams. So I think that they probably would. I don't know if that would take much away from him because Aaron Jones, his touches are going to be dropping, and I think that those will get sifted among this new receiver. And if they don't add anybody... There's still room, I think, for Devontae Adams to grow in terms of targets. Like, we're, we haven't seen, yes, Betts raises his eyes. We Ow. haven't seen like a DeAndre Hopkins 180 target type thing. This year he had, I think, 140 something, 149. Granted, he missed a couple of games, but even with, you know, you add 10 more targets each, I guess you have to run 170. I think he could get higher than that. I get close to 180, 190, maybe, if he's the only guy. So, if they don't add anyone, love him. If they do add someone, I'm not too concerned. Is it right, fair so the LDR there? Basically, what I'm hearing is that if they don't sign Aaron Jones back, the presumptive MVP of the 20, 
2020 season is going to have a better statistical campaign in 2021. Yeah, he's going to improve on his um, <laughs> His yards would probably go up. I don't know if his passer rating, TD to INT ratio, and those kinds of efficiency numbers would go up, but I could see him throwing more. I, anyways, I, I don't care. I don't care if they add what? another wide receiver. Like, if they bring another receiver in in the draft, which they should do, yes, they should. Um, probably like a day two pick on a wide receiver, like good investment, play. but you don't need to send, spend a first rounder necessarily. Um, then that's fine. The offense needs it. They need another weapon. It doesn't doesn't hurt Devontae Adams, in in my opinion. Yep, agreed on that. All right, let's move on to number two in the ranks. As John already said, he has him at one. Okada and I have this player at two. It is Tyreek Hill. And oh my gosh, watching the Bills secondary try to hang with Tyreek Hill was laughable. Literally, he could do anything he wanted. And, and the thing I feel like I just appreciate more about Tyreek Hill this year than I have in the past is that, you know, before it was the knock on Tyreek was like, is he a consistent player? Is he going to get those spike weeks that you're really excited about? And then just like fade off into nothingness. And for the past two years, he is locked in and being used in a role that he has never been used before in his career. Granted, it's not a super long career, but uh, it's very encouraging. And obviously we don't need to talk about Patrick Mahomes. Obviously being tied to him is fantastic. He goes your thoughts on Ty Freak, Tyreek Hill. Well, uh, I guess my question to John would be, is this solely based on the uncertainty with the pieces around Devontae Adams? Because to me, it's very hard, if not impossible, to make an argument, barring some massive change in that Green Bay offense, that Tyreek Hill scores more points than Devontae Adams consistently over the next few years. Because Devontae Adams outscored him by 30 points in one fewer game this year. He's too good. So I guess the question is, is the putting him at one, is that the security of this team and this offense and Patrick Mahomes? Um, that's largely it. Um, the security yeah. of knowing that it's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes will outlast Tyreek Hill in Kansas City. True. And Tyreek Hill is only 26. So he is an elite option. There's not a player like him in the NFL that has the capability of scoring from anywhere on any route at any time in this offense, the way that they've run their jet sweeps. I mean, we saw Nicole Hardman rattle off a 50 yard rush like that this last week, Tyreek Hill can do the same stuff. So I think the usage in that offense, the consistency of knowing that this is going to be the group. And again, we only play for like two to three years, max most of the time in that two to three year window, this offense is going to be this offense. It's going to be Pat Mahomes. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, who might start to kind of dip a little. And in my opinion, if that happens, it's just more targets for Tyreek. So I think that Tyreek Hill is a, a locked and loaded top tier elite wide receiver and that he has the highest ceiling because I still think that he's kind of improving too. Like what you were saying that that Devontae still has room to grow in terms of the target share. I, I think that Tyreek Hill is still getting better as a receiver to go with his freakish athleticism where he can just outrun anybody. So he he can save your week on one play. And there are not many guys that can do that. I'll tell you one guy that can, or that he thinks he can. Scotty Miller. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shout, out, God. shout out to Scotty. Like, hey, man, oh, you got to give it to a guy. You burn uh, Kevin King, who just had arguably the worst game of his career this past weekend oh, it's not <laughs> he on, and he comes out and, and talks about how he 
<laughs> he could beat Tyree Kill in a race. Scotty, I love you, man, but come on. Come uh, on, dude. They need to do it in pregame. Oh. At the Super Bowl. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. I'm here for I that. want Let's a pregame race between the two. Yep. And for Tyreek to just throw up the deuces as he pulls away from him. Yeah, I mean, come on. Hey, I... If you're lacking confidence, you gotta you gotta have whatever Scotty's having. That's that's fantastic. Uh, but we have Devonte and Tyreek at one and two. Put them in a new order. Not gonna argue with anyone. Love them both. All right, boys. The next player took a huge step forward this season with Josh Allen. That is Stefan Diggs. Led the league in 15 plus yard receptions. An absolute monster against man coverage this year. No one could cover this guy. And we've talked about this before on the show. Other shows have as well that he's just one of those route runners that you tie his name to the word separation because he's so quick off the line of scrimmage. He can get away from cornerbacks, double cover him, jam him at the line, do whatever you want. You can't cover Stefan Diggs if he's healthy. And the thing that I'm super encouraged about is his knock was always, well, I guess he had two. One was like, Oh, is Adam feeling better? Or is it Stefan Diggs? Well, now we know that he's the alpha in this offense. But the other thing was like, he always had this little thing, right? This little groin injury, this little hamstring issue kept him in and out of the lineup off and on. But rock solid, absolute stud. And I feel like just talking right now, I'm looking at my rank. I have him at seven. You guys have him at three. So that's why he's at Disgusting. three. It's, it's too low. I'm going to rank him higher, probably at least five after we get done with the show. But it's too low in, in that ranking. What's there to say? Tied to Josh Allen. It's fantastic. Amusingly, even if you ranked him at three, in fact, even if you ranked him at two, he wouldn't move in the rankings above I the know. guys. <laughs> because we all ranked the top two guys above him at, at one or two. Here's the thing with Stefan Diggs. We've been talking on this podcast and a lot of people in general have been saying for a while that he's one of the best receivers in the league and and was while in Minnesota. And we finally got to see that come to fruition. He also had over 1,500 yards and only eight touchdowns. He led the league in receptions and yards. If there's regression in one way or another, it's going to be positive touchdown regression for him potentially going forward. Because both of the guys we just talked about scored 15 plus with less yards and less catches. So Stefan Diggs is to me the clear three. I think that these three we just mentioned might even be a little tier of their own. Granted, Devonta Adams and Tyreek Hill might be a little higher than Diggs within that tier, but it's like these are the super elites, just the unquestionable dominators. And then after that comes the elites who are also very good. I feel like Stefan Diggs is in his own little tier. Like hmm. he's like he is the line between the two. Like it's him. I can see that. Bottom right there because like Ryan right Tannehill. now he's <laughs> kind of yeah. Stefan Diggs has proven that he's an absolutely elite route runner and that he's capable of being a true alpha one. Period. Done. End of story. We we wrote that chapter. Um, the great thing about Stefan Diggs and this is his first year with his new quarterback Josh Allen. True. They were still learning each other. Brian Dable was still learning how to utilize him. So, if anything, there's potential for next year for him to like truly join the ranks and like you said, a positive touchdown regression would go a long ways, but I am concerned about that because when they get down there in the red zone, when they get down on the goal line, that's where DeVonte Adams makes his money. Like, he's the red zone target in that offense. Josh Allen steals touchdowns from Stephon Diggs with his mm. legs, which I think does potentially cap the upside. That's why I don't think as long as Josh Allen continues to do what he's doing, which is using his legs and running it in, and maybe they add another running back to the mix that, you know, is actually good, um, that ends up taking some of the rushing touchdowns on that team. 
Sorry, Zach. Then, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we know a couple. Um, yeah. Unless that like doesn't happen and they start utilizing Stefan Diggs on the goal line, like, like Green Bay does with Devontae Adams. I think that we're kind of like at Stefan Diggs ceiling roughly where he'll always kind of be a three to five guy. I don't know if he can get to be in like the number one overall wide receiver, in the league. Hmm. but he's still incredibly talented, great route runner came in, was just great for the culture of that team. Great. Like everyone is raving about him as a teammate. Um, it was just really cool to see him like take it that next step and, join the ranks of you know the best wide receivers in the league and spend an extra what five to ten minutes on the field after the loss against the chiefs just watching them celebrate so my man is going to enter this offseason hungry and motivated to continue to improve so you love to see yeah. that okay All right, boys on to number four in the consensus ranks it is deandre hopkins comes in at four for okada four for me seven for Ooh. john so just a, just a touch lower but and these two guys on Diggs and uh, DeAndre Hopkins said, take your narrative that wide receivers changing teams struggle and throw it in the garbage because right. we are elite. So maybe we as a fantasy community need to reconsider what that means. Does it often lead to less less success when you change teams? Yes, the numbers say so. But maybe it doesn't matter if you're elite, and, and these guys certainly are. So now we, we know he's tied to the man over Okada's shoulder. Kyler Murray <sighs> is number one dynasty running back, or excuse me, quarterback, by the way. How dare you check out that, that episode. Um, but fellas, I, I mean, I guess of the, you know, these guys that are in this tier, I feel like my only concern with him is that I just want to see him like unleashed as yeah. a downfield target, a, like, let him do his thing. And I feel like with Cliff Kingsbury there, all he did was to be like, all right, DeAndre, go out there and run a, you know, run a curl or like a short area target. Yeah. I don't know if that's, that's my thing. I still have him at four. So love this, love this dude. Um, but I just want to see them unleash him the way that they did with Devontae, Stefan Diggs, Tyree Kill, etc. Those offenses. That's the only thing I have to say about about Nuke. Uh, I have two things to say about Nuke. One, what we talked about with Kyler Murray at the end of the year translates to him as well, which was that which Kyler was not reminded of him. Yeah, Kyler, the shoulder injury really reduced his output as a passer and a runner, actually just because he was afraid of getting hit, I think, or just trying to protect it. I don't know if I'd say afraid. And that, that affected D-Hop. Um, but additionally, what I just said about Diggs, Hopkins was up there in targets and catches and yards as well, above the guys we mentioned earlier. He only had six touchdowns. And to John's point earlier about Devontae Adams, Hopkins with the Texans was arguably the best red zone receiver in the NFL. So we know he can do that. Absolutely. It, it was maybe a fluky, weird sort of season that he only ended up with six touchdowns on that much usage. So with a potentially full season of healthy Kyler and that touchdown number coming up, like Diggs, I feel okay about that number coming up from eight to maybe nine or ten. Hopkins, I would bet seven farms and all the houses, it's going to come up from six. Uh, and your guys' farms and houses as well. There's no way he didn't score more next season. So it's, I almost feel like maybe him and Diggs are interchangeable, which I haven't three and four. So that's fair. But he is going to be super elite as well, in my, in my humble opinion. You want to know something that just seems absolutely crazy and like it couldn't possibly be true, but it is. I do. I do Hopkins want to is only one year older than Diggs. 
Wow. Like hmm. he's 28, Diggs is 27. It feels like they're four years apart. Like it does surprising. on completely different ends like of their journeys in the NFL, but they're not. They're like really close. Um in terms of pure talent at the wide receiver position, I think that DeAndre Hopkins is the best wide receiver in the NFL from mm. a talent perspective. Okay. Um he is ridiculous. He has the most insane catch radius of anybody. He catches everything thrown his way. Um, he's insane. I'm just not as sold on the Cardinals offense as Okada is. Um, it's supposed to be amazing. It's supposed to be high flying and, and spread it out and run and gun and, and all this stuff. But I feel like we didn't really see it. So could some of that be because of Kyler's injuries this year? Yeah, absolutely. Is there potential that they're going to completely unleash that, like Bet said? Yeah, absolutely. If you told me that D-Hop was the overall wide receiver one next year, I'd believe it completely. But I just have a little bit of skepticism about that offense as a whole and about the play calling, because as much as everyone wants to, you know, bow down to Cliff Kingsbury, it was really questionable a lot of the time this year. I, I didn't didn't like the play calling. So I do have my concerns about that offense. Um, if they get it all going in the right direction, fantastic. He could easily be back to being a top two or three wide receiver for fantasy purposes. But for now, just a little skeptical. Uh, for a hard number, if you guys would like one, through the game where Kyler got hurt, D-Hop was averaging 19.46 fantasy points per game. That was number three in the league behind Adams and Hill and Hill was 19.47. So he was basically exactly even with Tyreek Hill for number two behind Devonte Adams before that injury. That's how good he was. Yeah. Yep. I think sometimes I think you forget that. And, and I remember that, but some of that was also aided by having like two monster blow up games. Like he had one where he had 19 catches or something along those lines. And then he had a couple of beast. Yeah. But then he had a couple others with like six. So there was some inconsistency that got him into that range early in the season. I love DeAndre Hopkins. I don't hate your ranking of him at all, and he could easily slot in there. But I'm just going to take some younger guys ahead of him right now that I think have the same ceiling. Hey, I mean, hey, like when you have a chance to give Kenyon Drake, you know, 50 carries from inside the 10 yard line for a two yard gain. You have to do it. I mean, that's just the rule of football, right? Ugh. Yeah. Cliff, get out of my face, dude. Like just so bad, so bad. And the thing is like, that's where I think Okada is saying the touchdowns can come up. If right. this is a smart coaching staff, that looks at the off season and says, wow, we really shouldn't have done that every single time we had a first and 10. It's not a good decision. Right. Uh, and, and that brings up the touchdown count, which obviously we know can inflate fancy numbers like crazy exhibit a Devonte Adams. So yes, very excited about what could happen next year with, with uh, DeAndre Hopkins boys. Number five, this is perfect. I, I love wow. when this happens. Five for Okada, five for me, five for John. It is a J Brown, that dude. And before we even talk about this player, this is a good, a good time mm. to talk just for a second. Okada, do you want to share the news? We have like a yeah. really, really exciting. Yeah. yeah. I do want to share the news. Okay. Then. You do it. So you do it. Uh, for the listeners who are not in the Patreon, you're going to want to get up in there. For the ones that are in the Patreon, well done on you, and prepare for some exciting news if you haven't seen it on Twitter already. But if you're not in our Patreon, go and get in it at the $5 tier. First of all, 
you get a bunch of awesome stuff like the Slack channel, uh, extra content from us and the Ball Blast site in general. Lots of goodies, DFS stuff during the season from bets that you do not get uh, if you're outside the Patreon. But last night, uh, the Maju girls and Bets and I, the Ball Blast staff, we were in a meeting. We were like, guys, what are we going to do to make this next season, this upcoming season, even better? And we said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to give a signed jersey away to one of our patrons every single month. Every so month? We, yes, every month, Bets. <laughs> Let's that is, for those of you who can't do the math, since it is currently January, that is 11 months left in this year. That is 11 chances to win a signed jersey. There are not that many people in the Patreon. If you get up in there right now, you have a very good chance to win a signed jersey. And to the point of where we are right now in these rankings, the first jersey is A.J. Brown. Is it this the most perfect thing <laughs> in human so history? Sweet. Yes, yes, it is. Because we all love A.J. Brown. It is so he, he was the first one we snagged. There is another awesome one coming up after that that we already have as well. Can't spoil it. And then after that, it's just going to keep being great. But We're not going to spoil it. We're not going to spoil who. But I will tell you that this staff of individuals is not going to go out and be like, congratulations, we're raffling your off. your Robert Tunyon jersey. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, no. Correct. We're going to go out and get good exciting top tier caliber players for these jerseys and uh yeah it's good stuff it's so pretty it's the blue it's the mm, blue titan yeah. jersey with the white numbers oh it's so good yeah so check that out patreon.com slash ball blast but that is the transition into this player aj brown i mean fellas this dude played with multiple injuries a mm -hmm. bone bruise in his knee ended up having surgery actually on both knees after the season was over, now, granted, they were very minor, a little cleanup procedure, a little scope, but it still matters. Like, the dude was playing banged up all year, and he told, and I don't know how true this is, he told, you know, his Instagram while he was a little loopy off of his pain meds that uh, he should have been done in week two. Not sure if that was accurate or not, but regardless, like, definitely didn't play 100% and still came out and dominated in a, a fashion that was limited Wednesdays. This is practice. Limited Wednesdays. Didn't practice Thursday, sometimes didn't practice or limited Friday. So, like, they were clearly on a, a management schedule with him. If this is what he is at 75, 80, 85%, holy crap, watch out when this dude is 100% because it is going to mm. be scary. Love this guy. Yeah, AJ Brown, if, if you don't currently believe that he's one of the best receivers in the league, prepare for the Stefan Diggs effect in the coming years. Because this is going to be a guy that we will talk about as one of the best in the league until everybody else realizes it. And who knows? Maybe it'll take a team change for that to happen, um, especially considering the target count. And that, that could well be the case. But it's going to happen. And until then, he's still going to be a wide receiver one every single year. Here's, here's a number I just pulled up, guys. Okay? Okay. The top. Okay. I saw uh, AJ, AJ Brown. I saw it in coming. A.J. Brown, in total fantasy points among wide receivers, finished as number 12. Okay? He had 109 targets. Okay? Okay. Uh, of the top 29 wide receivers, 29, that includes 17 guys below him, all of those guys except for one, Curtis Samuel, had more targets than A.J. Brown did. And most of the other people in the top 15 had upwards of 120. He had a, a hundred, what did I say, 109? 106. 
106 targets, and he finished as a wide receiver one. If this man gets to the 130, 140 target range, which he oh, absolutely yeah. can, there's no way he's not top five. And if he ever gets into a scenario where, you know, whether it's Derrick Henry is hurt for a season or he does good to go to another team and he has the Stephon Diggs bump and gets 150, 160 targets, he has every chance to be the wide receiver one because he is arguably the best yak receiver in the NFL. Yes. One of the best with the ball in his hands. Certainly Tyreek Kill is up there as well. But if you if you told me I could have one guy catch the ball eight yards down the field and everything after that is what I get from this one receiver, I might pick A.J. Brown because he is like an elite running back with the ball in his hands and he's an elite receiver running the route before he catches it. He is disgusting. I wish we could have him higher, but the target counts don't allow it with those four guys we just mentioned. That's literally the only reason. And that can come up. Um, yeah, what Okada said. I, I mean, that's <laughs> that that encapsulates everything. The only thing holding him back is the system that he plays in. That's it. Um, which is going to be Derrick Henry first and then play action after that. It's not going to be predicated on throwing the ball first, which is what limits his upside. Everyone else ahead of this that we've talked about, um, well, at least the first three. I know Tyreek, Devontae, and Stefan Diggs um, were like three of the top five most pass-heavy offenses in the NFL, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, and yep. Tennessee is way down that list. Like, yeah, bottom 10, I think, if I remember right offhand. So yeah. his, it's his ability that has him here. And his ability is incredible. Yards after the catch is insane with what he can do. Like you said, he can take an, an eight-yard slant and then he just looks like an amazing running back trucking down the field after that. You can bowl people over. He's phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, we love A.J. Brown. Co-signed. The other thing that we haven't even mentioned is, like, I don't want to be, like, this is not hyperbole, but this could be, like, the floor of A.J. Brown for the next foreseeable future because Derrick Henry is not forever. He True. is 27 years old. Eventually, he's going to hit a cliff. It just happens with running backs. Is it going to be this year? Gotta hope not. It's gonna be okay. next year. I also hope not. The year <laughs> after, based off data, probably you see that happen around age 28, 29. So yeah. he's just gonna be rounding into his prime at that point. So this is a player that you also need to think about not just what are you gonna get this year, what are you gonna get for the next six, seven years from this guy? If they suddenly have a shift in philosophy, do they go to a pass heavy tech? Does he all of a sudden sign a huge free agency contract with another offense that's more pass heavy? Like there is more. I guess meat on the bone, so to speak, for AJ Brown. So definitely willing to overpay is, this guy. He is on your 23 roster. years old. And, and Corey Davis, unrestricted free agent. Mm. John Smith, unrestricted free agent. Get him out of my face. Well, let's be honest. John didn't do anything for the last half of the season, anyways. Well, sure. uh, by the he way, take away touchdowns every now and then. As again. a note, we talked on the last pod with running backs about how I was uh, setting a two-year window, and that was my big takeaway with ranking running backs. The big takeaway for me with receivers is very different, not related to years window at all, but it is you rank on talent, and in your fantasy leagues, you buy on talent. The wide receiver position is one where you want talent, and if you're concerned about targets and the system. Those things don't last as long as talent does. And Stephon Diggs is the perfect case in point. Yep. A.J. Brown is probably, no, he is not probably. He is most definitely 
the largest talent greater than situation player in at the wide receiver position right now. The only one maybe that's close would be Terry McLaurin. Or the next guy on the list. No. Get that out of my face. Oh, head. stop it. <laughs> he that's has an elite quarterback <laughs> and another great receiver on his team is going to always take targets. I will not I will not take that sham hoodery. I hear what but, you're saying for sure. Yes. The point is if you're if you're wondering how we all have him at five, even though he finished at twelve, it's because he is a top five talent, and we believe that in the coming years, when you still have him on your dynasty team, he is going to be there very often. Agreed. Let's talk yep. about that next player on the list that John said. Uh, I'm not sure about that, Okada. Mm. It is DK Metcalf coming in at six for me and Okada, and four for John. So we're all right there, pretty much just just re- right behind. Uh, AJ Brown, unless your name is John, which is just, if you're a Seahawks fan, it makes sense. Now, we've talked a lot about DK Metcalf already throughout the season. So, yes. our listeners know we love him. He's an extreme talent, huge, huge, huge step forward this season, which I think John was the highest on coming into the season. Again, oh, Seahawks fan, not surprised. Um, but I just have concerns about like the top five guys on this list and DK and just like the offensive philosophy. And if that changes in two years, like, great. DK Metcalf is going to go up my ranks. But until, you know, Pete and his chewing gum and his white sneakers get out of town, <laughs> I can't do it. So that's really it for me. Uh, John, you, you look distressed. Do you have anything else to share about your boy? Yeah. I mean, what I will say is that um, I have DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, college teammates, best friends, back-to-back in my rankings, both incredible talents. We've said it a couple times on the show. How the hell wasn't the Ole Miss quarterback good? <laughs> oh my like, gosh! What? Jordan Tiamu. Like, my man was rushing. DK in, uh, Metcalf oh, and AJ Brown, and and you weren't good. I don't understand. Um, did he get drafted? I think he did. No, did he get signed as so. undrafted free agent? I don't think so. I don't think he's in the league. All right, I'm gonna find out because if so, you, he's probably the most look. overdrafted player of all time. Probably. DK Metcalf for me is as talented as AJ Brown. He is three inches taller. I think that DK Metcalf has the ability to be an elite big wide receiver in the league. And he showed it this year in flashes when they decided not to completely go away from letting Russell Wilson throw the damn ball. Um, I'm very concerned about the philosophy as well. I don't like it. Everything that we're hearing coming out of this season was basically Pete Carroll saying, well, that was a really fun experiment, but our focus this offseason is to run the ball more. So I am concerned um, about what this is going to look like this next year for DK Metcalf. But I think of DK Metcalf the same way that I think of AJ Brown. They are young, elite talents, and situation and philosophy can change. Um, I want DK Metcalf on my team. And the thing is, is that he showed in some games game scripts where they did want to get away from that and they did want to throw the ball that he was still putting up massive numbers. Um, in a really disgusting playoff loss to the Rams, who have a great secondary, he still scored two touchdowns and had 96 yards in that game. So I think that he possesses the ability and the talent, and with Russell Wilson occasionally taking the shot to him, even if it's not going to be all the time, to still provide you with good numbers next season. Um, but I am just banking on on the long term on this one. Two things. Number one, Jordan Ta'amu 
was signed to a free agent futures contract by the Chiefs two weeks ago. So there oh, you go. You're under Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Get him on your dynasty team. He's gonna be. Don't do love that. Don't, do that. don't don't do that. Uh, number two, John. If the Seahawks do not win a playoff game in 2021, will Pete, Pete Carroll get fired? Yes. Oh, look at that. See? You see that, listeners? John finished my sentence before he even asked the question because he knew this is what was going to happen. And let me tell you something. The way they're going to win a playoff game is by having Russell Cook. So one of two things is going to happen, in my opinion, next year. One, they let Russ Cook all year, and they're and good they're all year. All. Yay. Uh, yes, and they go very far. Or two, <laughs> Pete Carroll finally gets fired, as he probably deserves to do. I think he kind of lost his team after the one-yard line play. Yep. Uh, and if that happens, this is exactly the sort of thing we're talking about with changing teams rely on talent. Because you know what will happen? If they fire Pete Carroll, they will say, we're going to go out and get a coach who can uh, redeem. Ooh, yes. Yeah, what the heck is that? Redeem what we've lost in years from Russell Wilson, who could have been one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, probably still has a very good chance to be so, and go win us a couple more Super Bowls. And they have a very good shot at doing that. So we can rely on Pete Carroll to get fired, or he'll actually finally realize what he should be doing and letting Russ cook, and then DK will be great. So that's all good. However, I will say, as a side note, he had 23 more targets than A.J. Brown this year, which is surprising. If you would ask any of the three of us off the top of our heads who had more targets, I think we probably would have leaned A.J.B., I would have gotten DK just because out I know how heavy it was early in the season. So. It was. That being, in other words, I think it's pretty unlikely that he will consistently out-target AJ Brown. So that's one of the reasons that I have AJ Brown ranked higher is because I think their targets are more likely to flip, and I also like the talent a little better. But they're both incredibly good, and back to back in my rankings as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, I would say, I feel like right now there is. Maybe a period of time where it's okay to trade DK Metcalf, depending on your league. Ooh. I'm not saying get rid of him and like don't ever get him back. I think there is a sense out there that like everyone knows what Seattle's you know leadership is doing, and they're saying like we got to run the ball, and everyone is like, well, crap, like I can't trust Russ, I can't trust Lockett, I can't trust DK, and I feel like there's an opportunity to maybe say like, okay, like they're coming off of a really big high this year. Like everyone saw DK Metcalf dominate in the playoffs. Like maybe you sell him and then like have a few weeks where they run the ball like crazy and you say, but I listened to the red shirts in January and I know <laughs> this is going to change at some point and you buy him back. It's risky. I'm not saying it's like the red shirts calendar it. bets. Exactly. <laughs> October 1st, the calendar is going to turn and we're going to say, this is the time <laughs> to make a trade offer for DK Metcalf. What um, you do is I, you I get, you get Derek Henry and DK Metcalf on the same day mm. in the first week of October. And then rush for the rest. Confirmed. Boys, we are at six. This is a good stopping point here. We're halfway through. I want to let everyone know about the sponsor of today's show. And as much love as we have in our hearts for AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, you know, we all are, I think, fine, astute gentlemen that have a lovely lady in our lives. And fellas, I'm not going to lie to you. I have no idea what I'm going to get my wife for Valentine's Day. (laughs) and I, yeah, I don't know about you guys, but it's just like, man, the pandemic, like, you know, chocolates and flowers, whatever. We've done that before. <laughs> Everyone's done that. Don't do that this year. Like, show your loved one how much you care about them on Valentine's Day. You're going to use my front page story. That is a sponsor of the show. Myfrontpagestory.com is the place to go. And essentially what this business is or what this service is, you hire a, a writer, someone that kind of writes an article or a front page story, as the name implies, 
of a newspaper about your loved one, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your wife, whoever. And you interview with this person for about 10 to 15 minutes. You tell them everything that you love about your your loved one. They put it in a story. They frame it. They send it either to you to give to your loved one or send it to your loved one for you. It is a phenomenal gift to be unique this year. Get rid of those chocolates. Like, who cares? Or or do both. Chocolates and my front page story. True. Do both. Uh, chocolates. Yeah, I'll hear about that one. Um, yeah. But it's just a, a great place to, to support a good business that puts out good work and you can be unique this year. And on top of that, you can save 15% using the code REDSHIRTS15 at checkout. Again, that is REDSHIRTS15. All right, boys. Let's move on to number seven in the consensus ranks. Keenan freaking Allen. Wow. Holy crap. Was I wrong this year? Uh, you guys told me, you're like, Betts, man, you're kind of being an idiot. And I said, all right, we'll see, boys. And halfway through, I was like, oh, no, this is not good. Yep. Yeah, I was worried about Justin Herbert. But to be fair, I don't think anyone could have predicted a, a, a Tyrod Taylor punctured lung that unleashed Keenan Allen and this offense with Justin Herbert. But he's tied to Herbert. It's fantastic. And he's an absolute target hog. I think there maybe is a little buying opportunity here with the recency bias of what we've seen. Keenan Allen, of course, telling the, the camera to play him and start him in like week 15 or 16 or whatever that was. Hamstring issue down the stretch. Didn't really play that much. But Anthony Lynn is gone. We have a, a potential here to see even more from this offense. John shaking his head yes. He's got a little smirk like, oh, yeah, baby. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about Keenan Allen this year and what he could be uh, moving forward. And fellas, he still has like three or four years of prime Keenan Allen left, which is very exciting. Yeah, he has four years of contract left, and I think he probably has four years of excellent fantasy play left. He has a Larry Fitzgerald type of play where you can be 31, 32 and still putting up great fantasy numbers. Kind of even like Julian Edelman. You know, obviously not this past year, but the year before that, and he was into his 30s and still putting up, I think he was top six two years ago. He was wide receiver one. Yeah. Yeah. These guys who are savvy, sneaky, incredible route runners who win with smart play and shifty route running. They can keep winning 31, 32 plus. So I feel great about Keenan Allen. In fact, he's a screaming buy for that reason. If anybody's a little bit afraid of his age, there is only up, up to go with Justin Herbert because he's going to keep being great and or better, especially with a new coach who's better. This is a offense I want a lot of parts of and Keenan Allen is very possibly the highest ranking part of it. Keenan Allen, for my money, is the best route runner in the NFL. The dude is absolutely filthy. Um, and he has the best releases at the line of anybody. Like, the way that he gets off the ball is just incredible. Keenan Allen is a phenomenal wide receiver that was starting to get held back a little bit in the old man Phil years. Um, but even then he was still putting up low wide receiver one numbers and was a screaming by last year. Um, all the guy does is produce and now tied to Justin Herbert. Um, like the, the ceiling is so incredibly high for what they are capable of doing. And Herbert loves him. He targeted him oh. like 19, 17 oh times in, in game. Like he was just looking his way on every pass attempt. Even with, you know, Mike Williams out there and even with, 
you know, when Austin Eckler came back and thrown it to him and stuff like that, it just locks in on Keenan Allen because he knows that Keenan Allen is like always open. So yeah, it's great. They're a fantastic duo and the consistency of that. I love because you know that those guys are going to be there like combined tied together, probably through at least Justin Herbert's, you know, rookie contract, like over the next like three, four years. Uh, sure. Ten and a half targets per game for Keenan Allen last year. Ridiculous. Devontae Adams was 10.6. Stephon Diggs was 10.4. Those are the top three. And they were basically a little tier of their own. That is how much he loves. Herbert loves Keenan Allen. You want a piece of this. Mm-hmm. Yes. And a lot of rumors that Hunter Henry is out with free agency. There's teams that are willing to pay him, apparently. We'll see. But uh, that's, that. you know, open up a few targets. Mike Williams, is he, I can't remember, is he at the end of his contract or is he one more year away? Mm, he's got he one. That, he was that 2017 class, I believe. And three Mike Williams wide receivers on over the cap. How am I supposed to find the right one? I picked the wrong <laughs> one the first time. The good <laughs> one. Had any other qualifying information. Here we go. He has one more year left. Yep. Okay. So we'll see what they do there. Uh, but yes, obviously nothing but good things to say about Keenan at this point. All right, boys, next wide receiver. Oh, be still my beating heart. It is Terry McLaurin. Number nine for me in Okada. Johnny Poo down at 13. And I'm not going to lie, that kind of hurts a little bit to hear that. But yeah. I think part of the argument to maybe have him outside or close to the bottom half of this tier is just like, who's throwing him the football? But that's been this dude's issue for two straight years, and all he said was, I don't care. I'm going to produce. And I feel like we could only see better from Terry McLaurin. And it's the same argument, right? And last year, is Dwayne Haskins the, the answer? No, probably not. Who cares? Is Alex Smith long-term? No. Who is? Who cares? He will be still a, a very, very good wide receiver in this league. He's still super young. Haven't faltered on this guy at all. So, obviously, you guys know if you listen to the show at any point before, you know that I love Terry McLaurin. So, John, your thoughts on why he's outside top 10, top 12 for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I love Terry McLaurin, but of everyone that I have between him and the rest of the list that we've gone through so far, he by far has the most inconsistent, tumultuous situation that he's in. Um, mm. He's great. He's proven that he can beat, like, any defender. He was matchup proof. He absolutely schooled Patrick Peterson this last year. Um, the guy's a great wide receiver. He's not as young, though, as people like to think he is. He's going to be 26 going into this next season already. Like, he was old coming out of college. So he's going to be 26 years old. Thanks, I know. He's going to be 26 years old going into this season. We don't know who his quarterback's going to be. It just kind of feels like people are going to be like, oh, but he's ascending, and then he's just going to be gone. Like, I think that he's got, like, you know – three good years in the NFL. And then it's just going to be like, what happened to Terry McLaurin? Like, where did he go? Because he's already going to be 30 years old at that point. So I, I just, I'm concerned about the age factor. I wish that he was able to like break out and get into the league earlier and that he had a stable quarterback situation already, but not knowing new, not knowing who his quarterback is going to be going into his age 26 season um concerns me a little bit i've still got him at 13 he's a fringe wide receiver one for me but i think that we've seen enough from some of the other young talents in the league um to warrant putting them over him in in my eyes and then we've still got a whole nother draft class that's going to be coming in this year and those rookies are going to you know potentially vault in there like it's there's a lot of wide receivers and there's a lot of really good ones um and it's just hard to rise to the top 
this makes me sad. Makes me sad. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I don't like the level of truth which John. I know has it is true. It is true. <laughs> um, I'm looking hey, at my man. rankings and trying to decide if I could knock him down anymore. I probably could put him below the guy that I have right behind him, but I don't know. It's really close, and I don't think I can get him much farther than that. I think I still just have to rely on the talent here and the fact that this team has to find a better quarterback because their quarterback play was awful in 2020, and he was still great. Also, I would like to mention as a side note that my rankings have almost perfectly matched the consensus rankings, which basically means I'm the best ranker here, and you guys are crazy. Uh, or you're just unoriginal, but that's okay. No, no, because this is our consensus. It's not the standard consensus. Where is Diggs in standard? I don't think he's three. I have him three. We have him three. Is it three? Is it three? That's science. In general consensus? Oh, and our consensus. I think general consensus, I think that he might be three. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, I'm trying to look at it right right now. Uh, Do you know what the odds are for Deshaun Watson to land in... Yeah, Washington. and I was I was thinking about that while I was. I talking. haven't heard much uh, rumblings about it, so I would imagine the odds are pretty low. Yeah, so I was kind of excited that maybe maybe it could happen. Oh, that would be we'll see. Oh my gosh, I would probably get a McLaurin jersey immediately if that happened. Okay, I I found the odds according to Vegas. He is. Let's see, one, two, three, four. Five. It is the sixth most likely team according to Vegas odds. Okay. There's is there a teardrop there, or is it kind of even all the way down to six? It's sort of even. It's just behind Chicago, tied with Denver, a little bit behind the Patriots. That's kind of where it's at. Oh my. If he landed in Washington, holy freaking crap. Good luck getting Terry McLaurin. Uh, I hear you say quarterback. I want to be Carolina, is where I want him to go. I could see him Deshaun. going to Washington because I think he would like Ron Rivera a lot. Yeah, Ron seems And he basically guy. gets to decide where he goes. He does. True. We'll see. But until we get a better quarterback for Terry, it is sad times. Yes. All right, boys. On to the next wide receiver, Chris Godwin. And I feel mm. like this year, just, I don't know. This year put a bad name on Chris Godwin. You know, like last year it was like all perfect because... Jameis was YOLOing all over the field. He was turning the ball over and throwing pick sixes. And it was like, sweet, another Bucks possession. Here we go. Mike Evans and Chris Goblin. And then all of a sudden, Tom Brady comes in and plays good football. And we have a hamstring issue. We have a broken finger. We have this and that with Chris Goblin. And now no one wants this guy in Dynasty. Like, I do not understand what is happening with Chris Goblin. I think like a month ago, John, you, you me and Okada were texting and you were like, yep. guys, what do you think? Like 111 or 112, whatever the, the pick was. 11. Yeah. 11 or Chris Goblin. And I was like, dude, if you're telling me a late first is Chris Goblin's asking price right now, I'm buying him all day. Yep. And he's an unrestricted free agent. He could be, go to an even better situation where we know who the quarterback is long term. Let's be honest. Tom's the goat, but he could be out in a year, you know? So for me, Chris Goblin is still, you know, just an absolute screaming buy in Dynasty. Absolutely all in. He's been uh, in the NFL for four years already, and he's only 24. Wow, wow. That's nice. love to see it. Also, I would rather him go somewhere with a worse quarterback where he could have a higher target share. Because he's another guy like Diggs who could have 150 targets, 160 targets in an offense and be a elite number one wide receiver for a team and for fantasy. So I'm all aboard that train almost anywhere else that he could go. 
and from a talent standpoint, he's easily top twelve. He, I feel like he's just clearly a one, not the upside maybe of some of these other guys right now, but just super super stable. Yeah, I mean that pretty much sums it up. You know, he's like I said, he's already four years in, um, ton of different injuries battling all this year. Um, still managed to rack up seven touchdowns in a injury plagued season. Um, I mean, the guy definitely has double digit touchdown upside. If he's not on an offense that has Mike Evans, he's basically a wide receiver vulture. Um, True. So if he goes somewhere else, yeah, he could easily be a double digit touchdown guy with, you know, easily thousand plus yards. Um, So he's got the upside. I, I just think, for me, again, a lot of the ranking is on talent, which he has, which is why he is where he is. Um, but there is a lot of question marks to see what happens this offseason. Is he back in Tampa Bay again for another season of Tom Brady? Is he going somewhere else? Does Houston decide not to trade Deshaun Watson, decide his requests or despite his request, but go out and sign Chris Godwin in free agency? Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Like, we'll see what happens. He could land anywhere and that could impact his ranking dramatically that would be incredible yes um you got something else i do i'm curious what is going on we could wait until the end when we theoretically could just bring this guy's name up but i almost feel like something might be wrong so i just have to check where the heck is justin jefferson he's online oh good call He's the only one so far that I've not ranked Wait. exactly where our consensus has him because I have him at eight and we just skipped over him. Oh. Where the heck is he? I'll give you one guess, Okada, what happened. John like, didn't rank him. No, well. he's six for me. Ooh. Okay, he's back. I'm sorry. We So, listeners, we pulled the widget Bets. that gets these consensus ranks. We started. It got messed up. He's our seven. So, ah, we, need, we need to go back. There we go. So, there we go. This is the order. It is DK Metcalf, then it is Justin Jefferson, then it is Keenan Allen. So insert okay, this player here. So let's get him next you. because holy like crap, that. that would have been awful if we forgot to talk about him. Let's go back. So we have DK Metcalf, now Justin Jefferson. He is, oh my gosh, he is eight for Okada. He is three for me. How did I forget about this player? Wow. <laughs> and he's he is three? Six. He is my three. And he is wow. six for John. Now, I already said I'm moving Stefan Diggs up. Some of this could change, but God, how, like, how do you not move him up at an elite level based off what he did? He's a first round dynasty startup pick yeah. entering his second season. The, to me, you have to be a top three dynasty player if you agree with that ADP, which I do. So if you agree with that ADP, I mean, you're taking running backs like, I don't know who, like Jonathan Taylor and, you know, Derrick Henry and probably Dalvin Cook and CMC like in the first round. If this guy's going in the first round, he has to be a top three wide receiver in New Dynasty rankings. There's no question about it to me. All time historic season as a rookie. Now say what you want about Kirk Cousins, I get that, but he's been good enough to support wide receivers in his career. We saw with Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen over the years. I'm not concerned about Justin Jefferson. He's an alpha. He is elite in my opinion. Uh, so there's two things for me here on Justin Jefferson. Number one, my five through eight, which are AJB, DK Metcalf, Keenan Allen, and Justin Jefferson. I think those are all interchangeable. 
pretty much. Mm -hmm. So Justin Jefferson is just as much my five as my eight. Let's get that right, out of the way. Fair. That's fair. Number two, I, there's a little bit of me that goes back to my pre-draft evaluations on the wide receivers in this class and says, I like Justin Jefferson to be the best redraft receiver of this class, but I do not think he's the best talent, and I don't even necessarily think he's a true alpha number one. Now, his rookie season was beyond incredible, beyond what we expected even for the quote-unquote best redraft receiver among the rookies because it was one of the best redraft rookie seasons we've ever seen. It was. But I have a little bit of a hang-up where I go back to that and I say, I still think I trust a little bit my pre-draft evaluation of Justin Jefferson to the point where I still don't think he's the best player of the rookie class. And I don't think he's a more talented player than Keenan, DK, AJ Brown, Hopkins, Diggs, Hill, or Adams, who I all have ranked above him. And his system is not necessarily better than any or all of those guys. So that's how he gets down to eight in my technical rankings, even though five through eight is kind of a mixed tier. But he's incredible. I can't deny what, that. What rookies would you put above him? In talent? In terms of, yeah. CD Lamb. Okay. And Jerry Judy, who was my number one. But his situation is so bad, his ranking is way, way down. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with anyone that has CD Lamb above <clears throat> Justin Jefferson. So I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, also, Brandon Ayuk. Just throwing that out. Uh, I don't know if I'd have him above Jefferson in talent. They're pretty close. You guys know. JJ is a lot better than Ayuk is. Um, Justin Jefferson wasn't even the best wide receiver on his own college team. That guy's coming this year. His name is Jamar Chase. Oh, that's a very good point. Um, Jamar Chase was a junior to like to Justin Jefferson. Wait. Jamar Chase was a sophomore to Justin Jefferson's junior, and mm -hmm. the sophomore Jamar Chase was better and was the mm -hmm. one. Justin Jefferson was not treated as a one or looked at as being a stud one coming out. I'm completely in agreement with Okada. There's a lot of recency bias in the fantasy football community right now that's like, Justin Jefferson's the wide receiver one. I need the Okada gift. Of the <laughs> yes, that was pretty um, good. You got to get a little more into it for it to work. A little bit more. Answer. There you go. Yeah. Um, if you're not watching on YouTube, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Oh, you're doing it wrong. Um, but there's a lot of recency bias around that. And it's like, hold up. I saw maybe like 5% of people on Twitter ranking Justin Jefferson as their rookie wide receiver one last year. Like mm -hmm. it was CD and Judy or mm -hmm. CD. And then maybe Justin Jefferson was at two and Judy. And there was like that whole consensus where it's CD and Judy are the top two guys. And then who's fighting for third after that? That was the common conversation. Justin Jefferson's rookie season was absolutely phenomenal. Broke the record for rookie receiving yards, formerly held by Anquan Bolden. Phenomenal season. Not discrediting that in the least. He proved to be a very good talent. Clearly, he's my wide receiver six in Dynasty. But if you had last year's rookie class of wide receivers and this year's rookie class of wide receivers all put into the same class... Justin Jefferson's probably like wide receiver six between those two classes in terms of talent at the wide receiver position, because we have his own teammate, Jamar Chase coming out this year. We have Devonta Smith coming out of Alabama. You have Jerry Judy from last year. You can make an argument for Brandon Ayuk. 
You can make an argument for Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. There are a lot of guys. So, like, let's not completely overreact and freak out to the rookie season, which was phenomenal, but his only competition was a, you know, 30-plus-year-old possession wide receiver where Justin Jefferson was used as the deep threat, which he proved to be incredibly good at. So he's not in the top, top tier for me. He's a very solid wide receiver one going into his second season in the NFL, and I love him. Don't hate me. Don't, you know, blow me up on Twitter and say that I'm, I'm you know, bashing on the guy. I'm not. But, or do it. <laughs> or do it. Fine. Whatever. I take it all the time. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. John mentioned a name just now that some people listening to this podcast might not even recognize. There's a reason for that. Who's that? Be- Anquan Bolden. It's oh, because after that rookie killed. season, the the receiving yards record season that Justin Jefferson just broke, he had maybe one other year that was as good from a fantasy perspective. He had one year beyond that where he had a lot of touchdowns, but not the yards. So maybe two years where he had that good of a fantasy fantasy season again. After that, he, he turned into like a really solid, like 800 yes, to 1,000 yards. Yes, a great solid possession. Fantastic career. Absolutely yeah. want him on your NFL team. You're going to make the playoffs with this guy. I think it's a very good chance that Justin Jefferson is closer to Anquan Bolden than he is to Devontae Adams or Stephon Diggs or DeAndre Hopkins. I guess so. So, lest you feel like shaming John or I for not putting him at number three or for putting him as low as we have, I mean, listen, you, you, uh, the odds that he's exactly Anquan Bolden because he broke his, his record, not necessarily that high. But I'm just saying from an incoming evaluation perspective, and then what we saw from his rookie year, that situation is closer to Anquan Bolden's, who then did very little for the rest of his career in terms of fantasy greatness, than it is to the guys you might be ranking Jefferson near if you're ranking him at three. I'm paying more for DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, and probably Keenan Allen than I'm paying for Justin Jefferson. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Because I hear what you're saying, correct, <laughs> and and that's not what I'm. I'm not saying I don't think. I'm not saying I agree with you guys. I'm just saying that I might agree with you that the value of this player, so maybe at the all time high. Yeah, yeah. it's it and is last, and last right year. AJ Brown was a guy that I said I don't care. Buy like go trade for this guy and overpay mm-hmm. and feel like mm-hmm. oh, maybe I lost that trade. But in a year or two, you're like, oh, that guy was an idiot for selling selling me AJ Brown for two firsts and. I don't know, a middling wide receiver or whatever. You're but, not getting Justin Jefferson for two firsts. I know. And that's the thing is like, you tell me you could get three firsts or two firsts oh and gosh. a good wide receiver two or something like that. I hear what you're saying. So I'm not saying that I disagree with the take of like, is he overvalued? Maybe. Is there still ceiling for this guy? Maybe. We just don't know. And that's kind of where you need to decide what you want to do. Do you want to cash out, so to speak, or just ride it and see what you got? Love the guy. We're all in agreement that he's he's a very, very good wide receiver. We're not saying anything negative about this man. But mm-hmm. maybe those on Twitter that are hyping this guy up to in the nth degree should just pull down a little bit. A little bit. All right, boys. Calvin Ridley is next on the list. Uh, and sorry, listeners. We're, <laughs> we're back to the end here. Uh, uh, Calvin Ridley comes in after Godwin in our ranks. Consensus. This is a man who I feel like as a show we were a little bit lower on than most entering the year. Because we weren't really like that worried about Julio Jones. But then Julio missed almost the entire season or half the year, I should say, with a hamstring issue. And it just thrust Calvin Ridley into this insane role. Do you guys think that 
this season, what we saw with Calvin Ridley is like the normal moving forward? Or do you feel like for maybe a year or two, it's still going to be balanced between Julio and, and Ridley? It will be more balanced than it was this year. Um, but I will say that I think Calvin Ridley was one of my bigger misses Same. from last season because I really tried to water the hype down on Calvin Ridley. And he is just freaking good, man. He's very good. He's like so- he's he's one of the more inexplicably good receivers, I feel like, because he's slight, you know, his frame is slight. He's fast, but he's not Tyreek Hill fast. He's a good route runner, but he's not Stephon Diggs or Keenan Allen level route runner. And I don't he doesn't know, feel man. like he a red zone be. threat. He's not those guys. He might be top ten. He's not top three. He's he's very close. Yeah, I'd say he's top but, five. I w- let's not put him in the top. Three, I don't know. He might be a that. top five route runner in the. NFL. I take Terry McLaurin over Calvin Ridley in route running. Oh, I'm not going to argue that. Yeah, but that's close for me. Somehow, whether it's just being really good at most of those things, if not elite in any of them, or whether it's some other intangible thing, Calvin Ridley is just freaking good, and you can see it if you watch it. If you watch Calvin Ridley play, you see it. So I, it's tough for me because I feel like I should probably even rank him higher, and I there's some leftover bias that has me ranking him down at ten, considering where he finished in 2020. But that's as high as I felt like I could get him. He's freaking good, man. I don't know. Yeah, you and I are lockstep on Calvin Ridley in terms of I was pouring as much cold water on it as I possibly could um, last offseason because I I didn't uh, buy into the thought that he was going to be the next Chris Godwin. Um, And then with injuries to Julio Jones, he pretty much was what people were thinking that he was going to be this last year. Um, he and Terry McLaurin are the same age. They are both actually, no, he is one year older. He is 26. will be 27 going into this next season. Um, and that was one of my big things about him from a dynasty, uh, outlook last off season was Julio still there. Julio's under contract. He's going to be 27 years old. It's like, cool. We're all waiting for that year 29 breakout. Um, but he did it this last season. I think that, it's entirely possible that you have like a 1A, 1B situation with he and Julio if Julio is healthy and on the field at the same time, kind of like what we saw with Thielen and Diggs last year up in Minnesota. These are both guys that are capable of being wide receiver ones. Now, we have no idea who the quarterback is going to be this year. They might draft the heir apparent to, to Matt Ryan. Um, they might you know, let him go or trade him or he could be the quarterback again and they're going to have a completely different coaching staff and stuff like that. So there is a lot of turmoil in this offense. But from a talent perspective, Calvin Ridley is very good. Uh, I was too low on him last offseason. Yeah, I think we can all agree on that. Oh, sad times. We were wrong. We're not afraid to admit it, though. We were wrong, Calvin Ridley. True. We were wrong. All right, fellas. Last wide receiver that we're going to get to in the top 12. And then we'll just mention the names that are just outside in a second. It is Michael Thomas. And you guys are Whoa. way lower than me. I've got him at eight. Okada's at 12. John, you're at 17. Yep. I'm not like a player that catches that many passes is good at playing wide receiver in the NFL. And I know Drew Brees is going to retire. I hear it. I, I hear it. But when Taysom Hill came in, Michael Thomas, outside of the Denver game, when they had to start a freaking practice squad wide receiver, 
was still Michael Thomas on a high ankle sprain, almost getting 100 yards, eight or nine receptions in each game. So, uh, and if it's Jameis, for the love of God, we saw what he did for Mike Evans and uh, Chris Goblin. I'm not worried about Mike or uh, with uh, Michael Thomas. Like, he's just a good receiver. Is he elite and is he great and is he going to wow you with these like highlight reel catches? No, but he catches the football. He's reliable in PPR. That is money in the bank. I'm not worried about Michael Thomas. 17. John, I, yeah, John, I feel like has to go first because he has him at 17 and I have him in the middle of you. Well, you crazy. Because I always it's, have these guys ranked next as they should be. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, just all the crowd. It's it's tough for me. Uh, some of the guys that I have above him um, have just youth and upside over him. Uh, T. Higgins. T. Higgins, right in front of him. T. Higgins right? you have above him? Yep. Wow. I do. Wow, uh, wow, wow. We're closing the show down now. We can't. Okay. <laughs> I do have I do have T. Higgins above him. I love T. I think that he's phenomenal. I think that he gives you a similar style of player to what Michael Thomas does, a long physical possession wide receiver that's going to be tied to Joe Burrow, who proved to be able to go post 300 yards at will whenever he wanted to. So I'm I'm just going for youth and upside there with the guys that I have in front of Michael Thomas because to me from a dynasty perspective, like I'm just I'm basically just out on Michael Thomas. Like I'm not gonna go try to acquire him. If I have him, which I don't, I literally have no shares because I traded them earlier this year because I thought that the end might be nigh. I just don't want anything to do with this whole retirement situation and who's going to be the starting quarterback. And we don't know what the offense is going to look like. Is it going to feature around Alvin Kamara? Is Michael Thomas still going to be able to produce? Yeah, that's fine. It's entirely possible and probably likely that in 2021, he outperforms where I have him ranked right now. Absolutely. But maybe, I don't know, but in 2022, I don't know what that's going to look like. I have no idea who the quarterback is going to be there and he'll be 29 in 2022. So, like, I, I just don't know. To me, his peak obviously was last season, and that's when his value was high, and that's when I sold him. I'm not going to go out and take him, and I'm not going to take him where he's going to go in Dynasty startups because I'm trying to get one year of production out of the guy. That's just not how I'm going to go about it. Here's the thing, and I would not say this too loudly on Twitter lest he come and be a crybaby in my comments because yes. that's what he would do. But there is no doubt in my mind that of the 11 names we just ranked above him, he is the least talented. Yes. Wide receiver. That's... And and the situation is less good than most of those situations. Because if it's Jameis, which I think it's just as unlikely to be Jameis as it is likely to, to be Jameis. In fact, I would probably say it's more unlikely to be Jameis. I don't necessarily feel that great about that. I Michael Thomas is a slant to McGee. I'd rather have Jimmy Garoppolo as my quarterback for Michael Thomas than Jameis Winston. In fact, that's kind of a, not a bad move right there, by the way, Saints. Go ahead and get Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you're welcome. But <laughs> I, if it's not Jameis, is it Taysom Hill? If it is, I do not feel great about Michael Thomas. And if oh, it's what not is this? Those guys, Negative talk about Taysom Hill. I mean, listen, you know I love Taysom Hill. He's a straight baller. You have but like a I, shrine of Taysom Hill, I'm pretty sure, in your Yes, apartment. I do. It's right behind my Kyler Murray. It's in a hole in the wall, so you guys oh, can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not Drew Brees in terms of elevating Michael Thomas 
fitting exactly what Michael Thomas does, slants McGee, to turn him into a 149-catch wide receiver one. No one else is going to do that as well as Breeze ever. And even the guys who might come close, like maybe Jimmy G, that are available are going to be quite a bit worse, in my opinion. So I think 17 is too low, but if you told me I had to rank him either 17 or 8, which are your guys' two rankings, I might side with John. I have him at the proper number of 12. Listen, guys, just ignore the consensus rankings and follow my rankings. It's it's more reliable that way. Well, factually, you're incorrect because four spots off of my rank and five off of John. So technically, you'd be close, closer to eight. And well, I'm closer to you, but I would choose John if you forced me to. <laughs> All right, boys, that is a good spot to close the show. Before we do that, just to let everyone know, this is next in our, our ranks. DJ Moore, Mike Evans, and then Julio Jones to round it out. That's kind of the top. Where, what happened yeah. to uh, what happened to Allen Robinson? He's just outside that. He's the next He's player. He's right there for me, 15. Jeez, yep, he's, he's the next nine. player. You know who's Ooh. one spot ahead of Allen Robinson for me? Who is it? Oh, spicy. Still, still at a screaming value, by the way. Yes, screaming go value. get him. By the way, if there's anything that you guys are listening, and here's just a, a takeaway for the end of the show. There are about 15 wide receivers that could easily be between 6 and 12. Like, oh, yeah. there are so many good exactly. wide receivers in the NFL right now. There are. And more coming. Yeah. We, we give each other a hard time, but like literally I would take any of these guys on my roster and be so happy about it. Yes. <laughs> any of them. So yes, go make some trades. Go, uh, you know, if anyone's like, oh, I'm not going to sell you Terry McLaurin because he's going to be elite. Well, fine. Go get Justin Jefferson or go get DK, DK Metcalf or AJ Brown or whoever you want because these guys are all just so freaking good. We're better than you. And laugh all the way to the bank. Fellas, we're close up the show there. Fun episode as per usual. Don't forget the AJ Brown giveaway is going on. You have until the day after the Super Bowl to enter at patreon.com and, and join the you know the team, patreon.com slash ball blast. Of course, if you're on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. We're back next week for tight ends. And then, fellas, it is full rookie evaluation mode, which I'm super excited about. Mm. Can't wait. Make sure you subscribe. We'll be back soon. Until next time, we're the Rangers. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.